Luke chapter 5, verse 1 onwards. So as I read, I just want you to follow what we read so that we will be able to understand what the Spirit of God is telling us this morning. So it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God that Jesus stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish. And their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. For now on you will catch men. Verse 11. So when they had brought their boats to the land, they forsook all and followed him. You know, this is a very well-known scripture passage. Many times we would have read the scripture portion and we would have understood in many different ways. But this morning I believe that God may speak to us in a specific way, in a special way that we need to hear from him today. So as we you know, read in this miracle that Jesus performed, as Jesus was trying to you know, form a group of disciples to continue the ministry, Jesus was calling his disciples one by one, and Jesus you know, had an eye on Simon Peter, and he wanted to call Simon Peter you know, into the fold, into the ministry. And that's where we see this miracle taking place, where, where Jesus wanted to get onto the board and preach to the crowd. And not only that, Jesus wanted also to go deep into the sea. So this morning, I would like to title my sermon as, It's Time to Make a Shift. Can you say that with me? It's time to make a shift. You know, our life is all about making shifts, making changes, and making the right shift in the right time is very very important we need to take the right decisions in the right time in our lives at times we procrastinate things at times we delay to do things but eventually we 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 suffer at times you know delaying causes damages to our lives if you can turn back and see look into your life you know you are you're the time when you are you were in the school the time when we are in the universities there are many times, you know, you do not submit the assignment on time, right? Yes? Many times you do not submit the assignments on time? 
No? Not even once you submitted on time? Every time? Okay, so we have some good people here. They submitted assignments on time. Right, so we delayed, we delayed. And finally when the scorecard came, oh, we failed in that subject. I mean, that's common, right? That's common. So delaying things can cause any amount of damages. Some of the sickness that we deal with, we don't tell it outside, we don't tell it anybody. And we just want to keep it within ourselves. We deal with it, we try to deal with it, with it and then, you know, eventually we, it causes more damage to us. So delay is not good at all. And at times, you know, when we delay, when we fail to make some changes in our lives, even that's not good. We need to be changing. We need to be changing. We need to be very, 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 very systematic and we need to be, you know, we need to change ourselves. Now, I was thinking about this morning before, you know, preparing the sermon, as I was preparing the sermon. How about Jesus? How many nuances he brought into the ministry? Now, every healing that he performed, he did not do the same way. Right? He was healing a blind man. He spat on the ground and he made the clay and then, you know, played the clay on his eyes. And he said, go and wash. And some other situation, he was healing a blind man and asked him, what do you see now? He said, I'm seeing trees. I don't see people yet. Then again, he prayed for him and again healed him second time. Every time it's different. Lazarus, when he died, he just waited for four days. It was different. Not the same way. He went to the land of the gatherings to wait for somebody who comes from the tomb. Evil persist man. That was different. And he was coming, standing in the synagogue, and there was a man with a withered hand. And that was different. And there was a woman who could not even bend, who could not even straighten up. She was always bent. And Lord healed her in a very different way. Lord was changing the way he was doing things. Even in the, within the three and a half years, how many different types of healing that he performed. I was thinking about this morning. And as Jesus was preaching, he was followed by great multitude as every time it happened. So in the previous chapter, if you see Luke chapter 4, we see a couple of things. As the crowd was following him, he went to the deserted place. And then he was found preaching in the synagogue in Galilee. And now he is standing by the river Gennesaret. Sorry, the lake Gennesaret at the Sea of Galilee. And as he was standing there, people saw him that Jesus is there. And they came rushing. They came rushing to Jesus. And he, there is the ocean there. Sea of Galilee there. Where can he go? As he saw people press, pressing to hear the word of God. Jesus was standing in that position. He was about to make a shift. And he got into boat, one of the boats. And that boat was Simon's boat. And he told, put out a little into the sea from the land. The boat moved and Jesus got onto the boat and he started preaching to the crowd. And when he stopped preaching, he was about to make another shift now. He said, Simon, why don't you launch the boat out, in, out deep into the ocean for a catch? And the boat went deep, very deep. And Simon, with a little hesitation, as they tried for fishing over the night, they could not get anything. 
And with a little hesitation, he obeyed and he launched deep into the sea and he obeyed God and they got a good catch. And they couldn't handle it. They need to invite other friends to come and help them. And they got a good catch and they, they came to the shore and Peter realized he's amazing. He's a miracle worker. Maybe he's the Messiah. And he fell down at his feet, at his knees, and Simon cried out saying, Lord, depart from me. I am a sinful man. I am a sinful man. And eventually what happened? The end of verse 11. They forsook everything. They threw everything out and followed Jesus. You know, Jesus made a shift twice and that resulted in Peter coming into the fold of the twelve. You know, always a shift is required for anything to happen. You know, doing the same thing over and over again cannot result in something new. If you do the same thing every time, that's what you can expect. You know what to expect even before you do that. You know what to expect when you come to church. Four songs and the prayer and the time of testimony and then sit down and then the time of offering, then the preaching, then prayer and we can go home. How about it is? When you come, everybody come at 10 o'clock, we'll start preaching. Maybe we'll do that sometime. Start preaching at 10 o'clock. Or take collecting offer and offering will not do. Offering will do it at the end. <coughs> Change. Doing the same thing is going to result in the same thing. So Jesus was making, you know, strategically, he was making shifts. The way he was moving, the way he was operating. You know, many times in the church we see that. We see the same thing every day and we get bored. Same sermon, same person preaching every day, same testimony. We get bored. We want something different. You know, church has become a routine for some of us at times. Life has become a routine. Family life has become a routine. And work has become a routine. There is no more fun in anything. Just the same thing. Just the same thing. Week begins and weekends, just the same thing. There is nothing different. Nothing different. But God is asking us to make a shift because he has something new in store for us. You know, this morning I want you to listen from me. You know, God has amazing blessings, but at times we don't possess those blessings because we are not willing to change. We are not willing to shift our position. We are so comfortable in doing the same thing every time. And that's how we are built. That's our nature. We're comfortable in doing the same thing every time if somebody asks us to do something different we are not willing because we cannot do that we don't want to do that but this morning god is telling us the way jesus made shifts twice in his life you know god is speaking to us that it is time that we need to make those changes in our lives let's find out what are those changes we need to do first of all jesus realized staying in the land is not going to help it is time to shift his position. Can you say, read that with me? Jesus realized that staying in the land is not going to help. It is time to shift his position. You know, the crowd is pressing and Jesus could not handle the crowd. The crowd is increasing and everybody is just falling on Jesus. The crowd is pressing Jesus. And if he continues to stay there at the shore, not many can hear him. 
Not many can hear him. They even they can't identify who is Jesus and who are the you know, other people, the Jewish leaders. It may be very difficult for them to identify even. Because he has to gain attention of the people. He has to preach the kingdom of God. There is a task in front of Jesus. And what is the task? He has to preach the word. And he had to find out who are those twelve. He prayed all over the night. And now he is right there at the, at the shore of Gennesaret. And he is trying to find out who are those twelve. And he wants to preach the word of God. And someone comes and falls at his feet. Someone who is willing to obey. That's the man that he has been seeking for. And if Jesus continued to stay in the shore, he cannot accomplish the task. You know, our task, our, the plan that God has in our lives cannot be achieved if you continue to be in that same place. Continue to be in the same place. God wants us to move. Sometimes it may be a physical move. Sometimes it may be moving or changing or shifting the way we do things in our lives. God wants us to shift our position. I just want to you know, bring another man of God in this context so that we'll be more clear. Elijah was so afraid of Jezebel. You know the story. Fire came from heaven and it consumed all the sacrifices. And thousands of Baal's prophets were killed on that day. And Jezebel heard about all this and she was not happy. She said, what happened to my prophets? The same thing is going to happen by tomorrow, the same time to the prophet Elijah. The man of God who brought fire from heaven, now he is running out for his life. We read that in 1 Kings 19 verse 4. But he himself, Elijah himself, went a day's journey into the wilderness. He just ran because he was so afraid of Jezebel. We are talking about making the right shift in the right time. And he came and sat down under the broom tree. And he prayed that to God that I may die, Lord. And he said, it is enough now, Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. And he went on and on. He complained to God. And finally he slept under the broom tree. It's like Elijah was angry with somebody. And he just slept. Sometimes it happens in our lives too. We talk, argue, and then finally, our argument will not stop unless you fall asleep. So the other person is praying, Lord, send sleep, heavy sleep, so that let him let her stop arguing. Somehow his argument with God ended there because he fell asleep. Good, thank God, praise God. And now the angel of God came and woke him up, Elijah, wake up. It's Sunday morning at 11.30, wake up, Elijah. And that's what Elijah said. Sorry, the angel of God said. And Elijah woke up. And what do we need when we wake up? Food. First thing you wake up, forget about what all the arguments we had a previous night. I want coffee now, my breakfast, my early morning coffee. Right? We need breakfast. Elijah wanted breakfast, and the breakfast is right there, ready, right there. Elijah ate and drank, and he was strengthened, really. And how many days he ran? 40 days and night he ran with what the angel gave. Right? So God has given us an angel. God has given an angel in a, for every one of us. And we need to be happy with what the angel 
gives. Right, Luther? So for in all of our lives, we have different angels. Right, Daniel? Yes. And we need to be happy with what that angel gives. That's enough. You can run. We can run. Elijah was running there 40 days and he reached a place known as Horeb, the mountain of God. And again, he went where? Into a cave. He was hiding himself. He went to a cave. Again, he slept. And now God's voice came towards Elijah. Elijah, what are you doing here in the cave? What are you doing here, Elijah? And God told Elijah, it is time to make a shift now. Because I want you to accomplish certain tasks. You know, this morning God is telling us, I believe, that it is time to make the change. You know, I've been thinking about the change for a long time now. God wants you to make the change. It may be tough. But God told Elijah, Elijah, I have so many things to do through you. I want to use you in a mighty way. You know, you are so shy. You are so afraid of people. I want you to come out. Why are you hiding inside the cave? I want to use you in a mighty way. And God told Elijah, you cannot fold yourself inside, inside the cave. I want you to do a couple of things now. Three things. Listen to this. Number one, God said, go into the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrive there, first anoint King Hazael as a king over Syria. You know, God has a plan. Even though a man of God, he was mighty. He brought fire from heaven. Now he was afraid of people and he was running away. But still God had a plan. God did not change the plan. God was waiting for the time in which he will realize and make that shift. You know, that's what is important. We need to realize the timing of God in our lives. And we need to make those adjustments in our lives so that God can use number one. God wanted to use Elijah going to the wilderness of Damascus where you, when you are right there, anoint Hazael as a king over Syria. And now he says, you shall anoint Jehu, the son of Nimshi, as a king over Israel. And what are the third thing says? What is the third one? And Elijah not Elijah, Elisha, the son of Shapheth, of Abel Meholah, you shall anoint him as a prophet in your place. Where were Elijah when God spoke to him? He was inside the cave. And God wanted him to make that shift in his life so that he, is, he just got up and now he is willing to go and to perform the task that he had in front of him. Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, can you put your boat little into the land? And he sat down and he started preaching to the multitude. Jesus made that change. Jesus was willing to go into the ocean so that he can preach, so that the task can be you know, accomplished. I do not know what does it mean in our lives today. You know, God wants us to make that shift. Who went there into the ocean? Whether someone's angels came and brought Jesus, put him in the ship, in the, the boat? No. Jesus himself. He took a step and he walked into the ship, into the boat. Now he preached the crowd. After preaching the crowd, Jesus realized it is very important 
But I need to make another shift now. The original shift, you know, helped me to preach the multitude. I preached the word of God. Now it is time to make another shift to go deep into the sea. You know, remember the first shift was very easy to make. But the second shift is not that easy. The second shift certainly is going to take you to a higher level. But it's going to be an unknown territory. Which you and I never thought. Which I never thought that I will be here what I am doing today. I never thought. It will be a higher position that God wants to lift you up. But it's going to be unknown territory. The challenges are more. And Jesus is willing to make the shift now from the shore into the boat. Now from the boat, from near the land, into the depth of the sea. Depth of the ocean. There will be many challenges. And the situation may be very risky there. Situation may be very risky. And you know what? He may be surrounded with fear at times. They may be afraid of certain things that are happening in that place. And there are not many people are going to be there around next to you when you need help. Not many people will be next to us when God takes us into those levels. But it is very important that we make that shift. Amen? How many of us are with me this morning, listening and following? Yes? And it is very important that we need to make that shift. What God is talking to us this morning? Jesus realized that it is time to make the second shift. It is time to make another shift because his mission is not accomplished yet. And this shift is going to take him to a higher level. And you know what? More than everything, this shift is going to result in a miracle. How many of us need miracle? Yes, all of us. We need something, God to do something in our lives through our lives. And God expects us to make the second move, second shift. You know, we came to know the Lord. We, one point of time, we accepted Lord. And we said, Lord, no matter what it takes, Lord, I will follow you. I will worship you, Lord. I will, Lord, make the, bring that spiritual discipline in my life, Lord. Lord, I will give to you, Lord. I will honor you. I will obey you. I will proclaim your name. I will share the gospel. You know, we made so many commitments in our lives. We made the first shift. Now it is time to make the second shift because the second shift is not that easy. Listen to me what I'm saying this morning. The second shift is not that easy because it is going to take you to unknown place. It is going to take you to higher levels and you will see miracles there. The first shift was just hearing the word. But the second shift is applying the word of God. The first shift was listening to a message. But now the second shift is exercising your faith. And see God doing something in, our, in your lives and through your lives. The first shift is preaching the word. And the second shift is living by faith. Living by faith. The first shift was just you know maybe coming to church and going. But the second shift is becoming a disciple. Becoming a disciple. Becoming a follower of Lord Jesus Christ. Not just an observer. Not, some, not just an worshiper. But becoming a disciple of Lord Jesus Christ. We'll talk about that in a moment before we close.
You know, God is calling us to make that second shift in our lives. When Jesus made that second shift in our lives, listen to this. When Jesus made that second shift in his life, miracle happened, but that second shift is going to impact somebody's life. When Jesus made that second shift, it is going to impact somebody's life. You know, when we obey the call of God, when we obey what God wants us to do, when we show the discipline, when we show the commitment to God and tell him, Lord, I'm willing to make that second shift in my life, Lord. You'll see life's getting impacted by you. Maybe through your prayer, or maybe through your word, or maybe through the anointing that God has given you, or maybe you know, through some means, by some means, or maybe through the ability that God has given to you to share the gospel, by some means, God is going to impact somebody. Can you say that with me? God is going to impact somebody through us when we are willing to make that second shift in our lives. God wants us to make that shift so that some lives will be impacted. Lives will be impacted. You know, the second shift that Jesus made continued as a chain reaction. It resulted in miracles. Now it impacted Peter's life. And Peter came running to Lord Jesus. Lord, I am a sinner. He fell on his feet, on, on his knees. And cried out to Lord Jesus, Lord, I am a sinner. Depart from me. Depart from me. You know, the first shift, you remember Jesus got the boat little away from the shore and got into the boat and started preaching. And the second shift, Jesus made, went into the deep into the ocean and there miracle took place. And that miracle resulting in the third, in the third shift where we see Peter falling down at his knees and crying out to God, Lord, I'm a sinful man. Forgive me, Lord. Depart from me. You know, that's what will happen. You know, man of God can be used by God in such a way that he will impact, he will impact lives around us. You know, this morning, God wants us to bring that change in our lives. I do not know what the change that we need. It may be our attitude, it may be the way we think, it may be the way we understood the scriptures, it may be the way we understood our God, or it may be the place even sometime, or it may be something that God wants to want us to change in our lives. And some of us know about it because God has been talking to us concerning that for a long time. And this morning again it is a confirmation in your life saying that yes, yes, God is asking you to make that shift, make that move. I said, the shift that Jesus made became a chain reaction. Peter's life got impacted. And you know, through Peter, 3,000 got added to the church. It all because a simple shift that Jesus was willing to make on the day when he was standing at the shore of Gennesaret. He made that first move and the second move and the third move he saw, Peter got totally impacted. And now Peter carries that fire in him. And he goes and he preaches. And when he preached, 3,000 people, 5,000 people got added to the church. Finally, before we close, let's see, how do we bring this life transforming or life impacting shift? How can we do this in our lives? Just want to give five clues from the same scripture portion that we read. Number one, 
by pouring out our frustrations to God. That's what Peter said in verse 5, Master, the first step of impacting lives. Master, we have toiled all night and caught what? How many? Nothing. Pouring out his frustration at the feet of God. Lord, you think that I'm a great fisherman, but no, it's not. Coming in terms with God, coming in grips with God and telling him, Lord, I'm nothing, Lord, I'm nothing. It may be a surrender or it may be pouring our frustration, whatever it may be. It coming and falling at the feet of God and telling him, Lord, you think that I'm somebody, but I'm nobody. Peter said, Lord, I'm nothing. I got nothing, Lord. I've been a fisherman for a long time. Years after year, I've been fishing. But Lord, I'm really frustrated. I'm totally disappointed. I do not know what to do. Just the beginning of that shift. When we come in terms with God and tell him, Lord, I really do not know, Lord, what you're trying to do in my life. Help me here. Number one, by pouring our frustrations to God. Whatever it may be. The things that we thought it will go well, but it's not going well. Let's pour our frustrations to God. Number one step. So that God can make us somebody who impacts people around. There is a purpose for which, you know, what we are going through. We are going through today because Peter was going through that in that entire night in his lifetime. And he found nothing at the end of the day. The early morning when Jesus came there. Lord, oh, all the night we tried, but we caught nothing by pouring out our frustrations at the feet of God. You know, this is very, very important. At times we don't do this, but we need to do this. There are so many frustrations in our lives. We, it builds up within us. But God wants us to come and sit at the feet and pour everything at the feet of God. And tell him, Lord, this is what I am. You think that I'm somebody great, but no, it's not. This is what I am. Number two, by obeying. In verse 5, he said, nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. Obedience. There is a hesitation, but then eventually he wants to obey. You know, God is looking for somebody who will obey him. Somebody who will obey him. You know, the second way how we can impact people around us or bring that, see that miracle in our lives is by obeying God and telling him, Lord, I will obey because you want me to do this. I will do it, Lord, because you want me to do it. I don't know what shift that God is expecting in our lives to make. It may be some of the bad habits that we hold still and God is telling us, it is time. Lord, I don't want to really throw it out because I like that. No, come over. How many of us like that? I call this as a pet sin. How many of us have pet sins? Yeah. How many of us like our pet sins? We don't want to tell it outside. We don't want to give it. Right? I usually say that. We, 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 uh, you, how many of us have a bed? We all of us have a bed. And how many of us have a side table near the bed? Yes, you all have a side table. What do we keep in the side table normally? Phone, our wallet, 
right? Something important, precious. Even there's a thief comes in the night, we can still with one hand, we can hold the wallet, right? We'll just keep that very next to us. Pet sins are like that. We just keep it very close to us. Because we don't want to. And this morning, I do not know what the Lord is telling us. Maybe God is telling us because God has already spoken about repentance this morning. Maybe he's telling us as Peter was willing to obey because of your word. I don't want to leave it, but Lord, because you say, I'll try. I'll try. Number three, how can we make that life transforming or life impacting shift in our lives? Number three, by humbling ourselves. Verse 8 says, Peter fell down at Jesus' feet knees and said, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. You remember Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah? When he came into the temple of God, he was a man of God. God speaks to him every time. God shows him mighty things. God speaks to him about the kings and the kingdoms which are yet to come. Mighty man of God, great prophet. But when he came into the presence of God, he said, I am a man of unclean lips. I don't know what he speaks. He's, I, I believe he speaks only the prophetical word of God. But even then being a man, being a human, when he comes into the presence of God, he was humbling himself and saying, Lord, depart from me. I am a sinful man. Oh Lord. We are talking about how do we make that impact giving life transforming shift in our lives by pouring our frustration at the feet of God, by obeying God and by humbling ourselves. Number four, by forsaking. Verse 11 says, when they saw the miracle, when Peter and his, and his friends, they saw the miracle, Peter, Bible says in verse 11, so when they had brought their boats to the land, they forsook all. What does it mean? They just left everything. They just left everything. You know, because they knew very well that God is going to use him. He considered the calling of God much precious than what he was holding in his life. You know, when God asks us to do something in our lives, it may be a simple thing that we are disciplined that we are trying to bring in our family. It may be just as simple as that. God is expecting us to forsake those things which do not belong to God. You know, God is there to willing to change our lives. And we need to make that shift in our lives. And by doing it, by forsaking those things in our lives. The things that we consider as so precious. The things that we consider as so important. It's needed that we need to forsake those things. For some of us, it may be our jewelry. May not be for everybody, but for some of us, it may be our jewelry. Yesterday night in the small group, we were talking about it. Sometimes it becomes our God. We consider that more than that. Maybe it's our dress, our apparel. Or it may be our job. Or it may be our car. Whatever it may be. God is telling us, when I need you, I don't want you to bring those baggages to me. I want you to forsake those things. Just want you to throw away those things. I can't use you really with those things, which you may, they may be precious to you, but I can't use you with those baggages. How do we make that impact giving shift in our lives? By forsaking, finally, Peter forsook everything and he followed. So by following Jesus, 
Verse 11 says, he forsook and they forsook all and followed Jesus. God wants us to follow him. How do we follow God? How do we follow God in our lives? We can follow God in our lives by forsaking those things which are not important to follow God. You know, sometimes we wish we desire to follow God. But those heavy baggages in our lives will not allow us to follow God. Because again, we will fall in back into the trap, back into the world. But God wants us to follow. You know, sometimes we don't think, take things easy. We take things too, you know, too severe in our heart. And we carry that weight upon our lives. May it be our children, concerning our children. You know, simple matter can, you know, totally press us down to the ground. We will not be able to follow God. We will not be able to do anything for God. But God is asking us to forsake those things. Throw away those things. God will take care of those things. God will take care of our children. God will take care of our settlement. God will take care of our job. But we need to do what we need to do today. When is the best time in our life? Now. This moment, because I'm not sure about next moment. Now is the best time. Now is the best time. So we can't wait for another better time. No. Now is the best time. And God is asking us, to make that change, bring that change in our lives. The change that will result in the life transformation. Our life will be transformed. And through us, God can impact lives around us. And I believe this morning, God has spoken to us. A simple shift that Jesus made on that day resulted in the chain reaction. And that shift continued. And eventually, when Peter was willing to give his life for God, God, brought the, God raised the church on the face of this earth. And eventually... He gave his life and died as a martyr for the glory of God. A simple shift that Jesus was willing to make. Shall we close our eyes this morning?